Hello, this is Ken Mills from Zilch. Today, we're doing a holiday-themed episode, but it seems kind of weird to put that up today, but we have it ready, and in the spirit of the monkeys and the season and Zilch, we are going to air that episode nonetheless. It's with deep sadness that we mark the passing of Michael Nesmith. We send our love with Michael Nesmith. We lost him at the age of 78. Love to his family and friends. Love to all of the fans everywhere. I really have no words. There will be other people who will be able to sum it up more, but I know that we've lost another piece of this thing that we loved, this person who was a piece of this thing that we loved. I think our life is richer for having appreciated the monkeys, David, Peter, Mickey, and Michael. After the first year, we will start working on a tribute episode to the life and the art of Michael Nesmith. With that in mind, and the joy of the season, we hope that you can enjoy this episode. In the spirit of the holidays, the monkeys, and zilch, we will soldier on. So with love, from our house to yours, here is our regularly scheduled Zilch Holiday Special. Thank you, Michael. Love to you all. Remember, love is understanding. It is something we all need. So, to quote Michael Nesmith himself, thanks for the ride. And now on with our show. What number is this, Chip? Ho, ho, ho! Zilch! 172! A merry Zilchmas! Ho, 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 ho! I'm leaving in the cough. All right. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Christmas and happy holidays, Ken. I cannot believe how long it's been since we've gotten together. It's been way too long. I know, but here we are at Zilch headquarters. We're going to decorate the place. We'd like to welcome anyone listening. If you're here, we're glad you're here, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Welcome to our merry Zilchmas, right? Absolutely. And this year we're doing something a little different. We're going to be doing something that is part of the great tradition of overstressed, overworked producers the world over. We are putting together a holiday clip show. A clip show? Yep. We are going to be replaying some of our favorite moments from Zilch holiday seasons over the last eight years. And can you believe we have been doing this for eight years? Hard to believe, hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Anyway, oh, I had to go there. Uh, now, now, does this mean that I'll be uh, visited by the ghost of Zilch present, Zilch past, Zilch future, any of that? Or, or are we saving that for another one? Well, I think we're probably doing good, except uh, doing like one high concept per holiday episode. But I really like that concept. Maybe we should do that for a future Christmas episode. 
Oh, okay. So, could you help me get the tree down? Well, why do we have to do all that work? Okay, what'd you have in mind? I think we should do it like a musical. Ready? Uh-huh. It's the most wonderful time. No, we are not doing a musical episode. Ah, uh, okay. We'll do it the old-fashioned way. We'll deck the halls and all that stuff. Can we, can we at least have Coco? Sure, and maybe we can have some hot chocolate, too. Yeah, Coco Dolans. Have her come over. That would be cool. She's so wonderful. We love her here. Absolutely. And she was really one of the first folks associated with the monkeys who came on Zilch. And that was just such a wonderful treat for us, I know. Yes, she was. Absolutely. It was uh, it was great because she kind of gave us some legitimacy. Yeah. <laughs> to the extent we have any, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I don't think any of us expected what was going to happen with Zilch. I think back to those first days when you reached out to me and I reached out to you and I became a Zilch podcaster and we were just having fun. And it was just so amazing and overwhelming the instant uh, appreciation and welcome by the monkeys community. And I was wondering what was kind of going through your head as you were putting together that first 2014 Christmas special. Well, uh, it was, it was, I was, I was stunned, honestly. Um, that might sound weird, but none of us thought this was going to take off. We didn't think that we'd be having zilch gatherings. We didn't think that we'd be helping people. We didn't think we'd have our own line of merchandise. We didn't think that Rhino would contact us and say, can we come on the show? We didn't think Andrew Sandoval would ever show up. We didn't think Val Carrie Vinay would show up. We didn't think Cersei and Christian. And we didn't think Peter Tork was ever going to show up. We didn't think Mickey Dolans was ever going to show up. We didn't think Mike Nesmith was ever going to show up. <laughs> and all of the people, Bobby Hart, there's been so many, right? Yeah, we could go on for hours about all of the wonderful guests that we've had over the years. And especially with us now coming up on 200 episodes. That's just amazing to me. And that's actually why we wanted to do this holiday special in this clip show format. Uh, because we picked up so many new people, new listeners over the last eight years. And so in addition to giving you some holiday shows, past and present, to be your soundtrack for the season, we also hope that this episode will inspire you to dig back into the archives and discover all of the great stuff that we've covered over the last eight years. Yeah, a lot of fun awaits you. If, if, you, if this is your first episode, there's a lot of cool stuff back there. And you know, Every episode is somebody's first episode of Zilch. Seriously. I'm sure this is somebody's first episode. That's right. And you know what? I brought something for you. Not just for you, but for everybody. Oh, cool. What'd you bring? Here you go. Open this up. Look at that. Oh, wow. It's a message from John Billings, and anybody who loves the monkeys knows that John Billings is the touring 
bass player for the monkeys if you saw the monkeys over the last so many years you saw john he was a guest on our show as well let's play that right now for everybody out there this is john billings touring basses for the monkeys i'm going to wish everyone at zilch a happy holiday season oh ho, ho. awesome thank you ken and thanks john billings and I know that John and his wife, Amy, and all the Billings family would love to wish everybody a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Merry Zilchmas, whatever you celebrate. And if you can, check out their really cool establishment. It's a place in Nashville called Wine Down Nashville. So check that out. You will not be sorry. It is a great place. You'll even see some zilch buttons there. And they have pictures of Mickey and Peter and everybody on the wall. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's on my to-do list for the next time I get down to Nashville. Absolutely. So I've got my cocoa, and you've got your tea from Annabelle Jones and Anita, right? Absolutely. Actually, I've got my cocoa from Jones Organic Tea. They released some this season, and it is tasty. I'm really loving it. And on that note, we're going to kick off with the opening from episode 21 of Zilch, the 2014 holiday special, whereas... Ken said, you can tell that all of us are happy and merry and more than a little stunned. Yes, they play their own instruments, Charlie Brown, has been preempted, so that we might bring you the Zilch Family Holiday Special. What number is this, Chip? It's the Zilch Family Holiday Special. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm sure I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome to Your Monkeys Podcast. Welcome to our special holiday special edition of Zilch. And I'm joined by Craig Cohen and Jeff uh, Hewlett. Yes. How are Good you guys tidings, doing? Ken. Good tidings. Good tidings to you as well, sir. Happy holidays. Back at you. And happy holidays to all our listeners out there. Absolutely. And they're all over the world. And I don't care where you are, we hope that you celebrate some joyous occasion as you listen to this and all the people down in Australia and everywhere. I mean, it's amazing. you got people in Brazil and the Czech Republic. It's, you name it, chances are they're listening. So there's a lot of listeners, and, and we're, we're just glad that you're here with us. And, totally. You know, it's been a really cool year, Jeff. Uh, looking back on this last year of Zilch, number one, we never thought that this would go like it did, right? No, I think I think every one of us has been very surprised and humbled by the reception from all the fans and, and how quickly the Facebook group has grown and, and all the positive reviews and the great discussions we've gotten into with, with all of these incredibly wonderful uh, fans that, that frequent that Facebook page. So, you know, I, I've, I, Craig Cohen and I have talked about this many times, and I think when we were at the Peter Tork show a couple of weeks back with Melanie... We, we talked with Melanie about it, and I think all of us have that same opinion. It's amazing. Do you have any special memory from this last year? I mean, it's really when I say year, we're looking from May till now. Do you yeah. have any special favorite episode or any special time that, that you can remember from this last year? Well, you know, I I, I think I, my my favorite and le- my favorite and least favorite moments are almost the same ones. And... Uh, <laughs> 
that was uh, I, I I guess I've kind of got a little bit of a reputation for getting into some um, some yelling matches over some of the songs on our album commentaries, and I I know we've had some contentious uh, disagreements, but I think that's what makes the show a lot of fun, and uh, I guess the reasons why I they're some of my favorite memories are because I love to to hash those those bits of opinion out with you guys and, and everybody else. And, but I guess they're kind of my least favorite because I hope that there isn't a perception that I'm, I'm a negative guy in any way that you know, oh, I, I, I have no shortage of love for the monkeys, but yep. I, I'm a straight shooter when it comes to songs I'm not fond of. Well, you know, one thing I found incredibly refreshing is that we got emails and letters and uh, iTunes reviews and stuff saying, I totally disagree with what Jeff or Ken or whoever said, but I love the discussion. So that is just so cool that, you know, we can all agree to disagree and not be disagreeable. And, you know, if, if nothing else, that really talks about the kind of spirit that you need over this kind of holiday season. And it would be really cool if all the politicians in the world would feel the same way. But, uh, no, you have a right to your opinion. I have a right to mine. Of course, mine's wrong. Just ask my wife. Uh, but uh, cue the sound effects. She <laughs> she always tries to keep me in line. It's, it's just great that we can have these differing opinions. And I'm glad we have differing opinions. Don't, don't you guys? I mean, it would make for a really boring show. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, Craig Cohen and I also, we, we discuss a lot of other music uh, in our personal lives together. We talk quite a bit, and we, we have uh, disagreements about other bands, too, and it just makes the conversations a lot more fun, and you kind of learn a little bit about each other that way, too. Absolutely. Craig, do you have a favorite uh, memory or from, from the shows from this this is like this last year? Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, some of the episodes that I wasn't involved with. Some of the interviews that you guys did, uh, you and you and Sarah or you and Melanie, it really gave me, uh, you know, it really made me feel like I was part of a living, breathing podcast. And uh, it's kind of neat to really be part of, for lack of a better word, a, a collective of people creating Absolutely. because you get to listen to stuff that you weren't involved with. And mm -hmm. it makes for a very different podcast listening experience. Absolutely, and it's, that's one of the reasons I love the commentary tracks so much, because when you guys do them, I'm off in another part of the Zilch headquarters and doing my thing, and and it's it's just so great to be part of an ensemble cast, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of the other amazing things this season, or, or not this season, um, since May, since we started the podcast, is I, I started 2014 having never met a monkey. I had been in the same room I, I took um i'd taken pictures of monkeys before at conventions and stuff but this was the first year that i actually was able to meet two monkeys and i met mickey and i met peter and uh it's really neat if you had asked me at the beginning of 2014 if i was gonna meet a monkey or see a monkey in concert i'm not sure i would have been able to say that i would what a difference a year makes my friend yes that is true. And it's been really cool because I've made a lot of great friends through this show. And I'd like to just say hello to everybody and Merry Christmas and, and Happy Holidays to you all. And, and we, we sincerely love you guys out there. And we really do appreciate you. And we don't take you all for granted. We do really appreciate the fact that you spend some of your valuable time with us. So what do you guys think of the decorations here at the Zilch headquarters? Oh. Very, very nice, Ken. Well, Very uh, festive. Yeah, a lot of people have been working uh, very hard uh, to make it look good, and 
all uh, holiday, if you will. Is that a word? Holiday? No, I don't think. Holiday. Holiday. <laughs> anyway, Any I like, elves? The, Any I like elves? the lights wrapped around this. You know the uh, the circular staircase. That's a yes. very. That was probably you probably got dizzy doing that. I'd imagine. Well, it wasn't me that did. Sarah did that. So ah, she'll she'll be stopping by later. And as a matter of fact, a lot of really cool people are going to be in and out of this episode. And we are also going to play some greetings from some of our fans. Here's one now. Happy holidays, everyone. This is Jeff Geringer from sunny Southern California, wishing all my monkey friends a joyous holiday and happy new year. It's a fellowship and a community that we have, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Have a great 2015. Hi, this is Coco Dolan. I wish everybody out there a wonderful holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. Have a wonderful, safe holiday with your family, and a great, prosperous, happy new year. Excellent. I think this year I'm going to let my inner Trek nerd take over, and I'm just going to say live long and prosper. Ah! I think that's going <laughs> to be my go. new holiday greeting. <laughs> And again, that was a clip from episode 21, our first, our first ever Christmas special. And I hope you take a chance to listen to it while you're running errands, going on road trips to your family, making baked goods, wherever this holiday takes you. Ha ha, speaking of baked goods, it looks like Tim's at the door. Sarah. Yes, I am here as a matter of fact. And uh, speaking of baked, I made these uh, for you. These are wonderful uh, brownies with a recipe I picked up over at Video Ranch. Um, I think you're going to love them. So I hope it makes your holiday merry and bright, Sarah. Oh, ho, ho. it's Titanic Tim Powers for Zilchmas. Hi, you can. How are you? It has been a glorious holiday. My my secret Santa gave me this awesome sweater with just with Mr. Schneider's face on it. It's so, yeah, I know. I can't wait. I can't wait to show it off. It's really really cool. Man, uh, the place looks great. Um, you, Thank you. I, I love what you've done to it. The decorations are fantastic. The wooden Indian with the Christmas lights on it is a really nice touch. Of course, we got to have that for the holidays. And in fact, we've been having a great time pulling out all the decorations and just getting Zilch HQ ready for this holiday season. It's been an amazing year here at the clubhouse. I mean, there is so much stuff that happened this year that we had no idea mm-hmm. was was going to happen. And I mean, we would be completely remiss if we didn't say, hey, thanks to the folks at 7A oh, yeah. for giving us um, a little shout out uh, in the gatefold cover for Dolan Sings Nesmith. Not only is it a fantastic album. Oh, my gosh. And it's one of my favorite monkey memories of the year, mm-hmm. uh, s- seeing us all in print. And then uh, the roundtable that I hosted with uh, with Glenn, where I actually made Mickey laugh, uh, which was my proudest moment of the entire year. So, um, yeah, you got to put that on your resume. Oh, it, it is. Actually, there's uh, there's there's some folks in my industry who cast and she knows who she is, uh, <laughs> who is uh, wholeheartedly. Um, a, a fan and a Zilch listener, and uh, really glad that uh, that I have that on my resume. I don't know if it's going to get me a job, but man, it it sure looks cool on here. Oh man, what about you? What 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 stands out for you this year? 
Well, 7A for me, too. Both Dolan Sings Nesmith, I still can't believe we were on that uh, cover, and Stranger Things Have Happened. That was a wonderful... I did enjoy that very much, yeah. Yeah, wonderful conversation as well. And of course, all the great headliners we had over the years, and even this year, like Andrew coming in and John Hughes and others. Like three of the four monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's been years and I still can't get over that happening. But it, as wonderful as that experience was, and as what a privilege to have all of those people on, the guests I often remember more that I, I find memorable, especially in the holiday specials, are the people who are like monkeys adjacent, is what I call it. They're the folks who grew up around the monkeys and found them a musical inspiration and really built careers and created works that were around them. And one of the groups I think about around that is the Fab Four, who we had on for the 2015 holiday special. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, folks, if you have not seen them live, check them out. I saw them in 2017, and they were absolutely amazing. And it was a great opportunity to have on their John, Ron McNeil. They really are. And if you get a chance to check out their Christmas albums, they oh, yeah. are absolutely delightful. They repurpose traditional Christmas songs and sing them in Beatles form. Uh, and so with with this being the, you know, the autumn of Get Back and the Beatles in everyone's consciousness, there's some really, really great stuff. So um, if we've got one of those cuts coming up, um, I'm going to leave you to that because um, I, I, I hate to I hate to drop off my brownies and run. But I've got to get over to the new monkeys pad because I'm supposed to sandblast their couch. <laughs> Well, I hope you'll come back and sneak back in here a little later. So um, thanks, Tim and everybody. Enjoy this clip from episode 46 with Ron McNeil and the Fab Four. Happy Crimble, Zilchers. Oh, Sarah, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great party. I'm, I'm so glad that we're having our Zilch holiday special. Ken, I don't think I've ever seen you this nervous before. Well, you know how much I love the monkeys, and you know how much I love the Beatles. So we're going to be playing some cool monkey music and some messages some from Cool Monkeys fan, and we're going to hear this incredible Beatles tribute band called the Fab Four. And if anybody loves the music of the 60s like we all do, they're going to enjoy this. These guys brought all their costumes. They even brought the Ed Sullivan guy everything it's it, they're, they're doing the whole show i just thought that they'd come and play acoustically but no these guys are doing the whole magilla oh man that is awesome they're over there at the stage and soon the show's going to start hey I guys there's sarah flirting with the guys see how you always are. Um, well it's time to bring the fab four on ladies and gentlemen the fab four there Woo-hoo! we go Crimble, from us over here at the Fab Four, I'm Ron McNeil. Happy Crimble to all you people over there at Zilch. We love you. And we'd like to welcome to Zilch, the house band for tonight's holiday party, the Fab Four. And we're joined by Ron from the Fab Four, and you play John Lennon. That's right, sometimes I play the fool. <laughs> well, welcome to Zilch, Mr. Ron McNeil. So glad that you are here, and uh, Eric, Artie, and Gavin, and everybody's up there on the stage, and you, you guys look like the Beatles. It's amazing. 
Thanks a lot. It's a lot of plastic surgery. You know? <laughs> it's hard to get these days. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to introduce you to the guys in the band up there on the stage. There's Sarah. There's uh, Ron McNeil and the boys from the Fab Four. Wonderful. Great to meet you. I can't wait for this. Hello there, Sarah. And here's Jeff Hewlett over here. Say say hi to them, Jeff. Hey guys, I love your work. Hello there, Jeff. What are you? <laughs> You're hiding again. Say hello, Melanie. Hi, guys. All right, Melanie. You're doing all right. You look great. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. Hey, Craig. All right. I love great, saying Craig. Great, great mate. He's great. Craig's a great mate. You know, I love saying Craig with, with that accent. Craig, you got to roll the tongue, you see. Craig. It's Craig. He's great. Craig. It is absolutely amazing what you've done here. And when I asked you guys to come in and be the house band for the holiday party, I had no idea you were going to bring all of your costumes and everything. Well, that's great. Yeah, we bring them, you know, because we've got no other place to put them. You see. Oh, so you just carry them everywhere you go. Yeah, they can't fit in Ringo's nose. Yeah, you, you know, you go to Walmart, you're schlepping around the Sergeant Pepper's outfits, so that's good. That's right, uh, they're only cheap. <laughs> So, how did you wind up in a Beatles tribute band? Well, I look like John and sound like John, so I couldn't do anything else, you see. Yeah, it made it no, hard actually, to be a No, actually, if you don't mind me taking off the accent, I can do it if you don't mind. But, uh, no, it's great to be on your program. And, um, uh, well, it started a long time ago. How long is the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we started out just as, as fans of the Beatles and the Monkees and all things 60s. I just started playing the music of the Beatles on my own, as did Artie and the other guys. And then uh, one day, I met Artie at a Beatle Fest here in Los Angeles. His group was on stage performing um, "Coming Up" by Paul McCartney, and he wasn't—he wasn't dressed as Paul. He was playing right-handed on some kind of weird-looking bass, Yamaha bass or something. But I—I got to tell you, when he opened his mouth and started singing like Paul McCartney. It gave me chills. The hair on the back of my neck stood straight up. I could not believe it. And I've been told that I can do some, you know, various vocal imitations. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool? We got together and, and put a group together. And, uh, and a couple of years later, we did that. Fantastic. And a lot of people might wonder, well, why are you guys at a monkey's party? Well, I, I think it's time to let the folks know. You are a huge monkey's fan, correct? I am a very, very big Monkees fan. In fact, uh, I was into the Monkees before I was into the Beatles. I, I borrowed my older sister's Monkees records and, you know, never gave them back. And from there, that sort of trans transitions. It's always weird to hear that. We met a girl one time who was, um, she said she got into the Beatles from listening to Oasis. I thought, wow, that's just, <laughs> that's just so wrong. Yeah, that's what happened. And, it's all uh, the jangly guitars. Yeah, exactly. That sort of jangly sound that everyone seems to be attracted to. But uh, and so, uh, yeah, you know, it's great to rock and roll with you. Absolutely, it's so amazing. You've brought everybody along with you. You've got Eric there as Ringo, and Gavin as George, and Artie as Paul. And I see you've brought someone that looks like Mr. Ed. No, no, that's wrong, Ken. That's wrong. That's a different show. Mr. Ed was a horse. A horse. Oh. 
Well, of course, of course, but uh, he is very clean, after all. I, I, I guess we clean. should let people know that we're talking about the gentleman who plays Ed Sullivan in the Fab Four. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that you guys don't just perform the songs, but you do all the costume changes. Ed comes out and entertains the crowd in between the costume changes, and it's just very cool. How did you develop the show? Uh, well, it was over a long period of time. Uh, you know, we met uh, Jerry Hoban, who now recently passed away. Uh-huh. And we're just all really sad about that. We met Jerry in Las Vegas. We got a call to go to Las Vegas, and I think that's where our show kind of started to get a little more honed into into exactly what you just said, more of a show than just a band. But uh, we started to realize that people liked to hear and see that interaction of the Beatles talking to each other and also the costume changes and, and those kinds of different things. And it's taken us a while to get it right, but we're still working on it. But uh, yeah, so I think that's what happened when we went to Vegas. And it's very cool because I've watched a lot of your stuff on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is such a great thing. You know, one of the things about the social media that we can kind of actually watch you guys as you go along. And you, you do some really neat theme kind of events, like, for example, the Beatles at the movies. I actually saw clips of Blue Meanies wandering the stage with you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you know, because we do perform here in Southern California a lot, a lot of people have seen our show, what we call the Hold Me, Love Me show, because we're always telling people to clap along with eight days a week. Hold me, mm-hmm. love me. No, in other words, we do that every show. Right. You know, every once in a while, we'll try to do something special here in Southern California. Um, like you said, the movie show, that was fantastic. We had, the, you know, like you said, the little old man and the blue meanies and all kinds of, we did all kinds of, we, we tried some things. And we went, you know, we're trying to think a little bit outside of the box. Just last week, we played with a full orchestra here in Orange County, in California. And so we're always trying to see what we can come up with. The Beatles have such a great catalog all those different songs all different kinds of songs and different themes that we can do we just try to uh, give the audience something that they'll you know remember the show by it's not enough that you play the songs as far as i'm concerned 100 percent like the beatles but you also create christmas music how is this possible how did this happen (laughs) you have this album called hark and could you kind of explain to people what it is well, it is kind of a long story. We started out, somebody from the record company was actually the record company's idea. They had a guy who came out to see us here locally, and then the next day I got a call from some record company saying, do you want to record the Beatles doing Christmas songs? And I thought, well, I don't know how that's going to work out, but okay, we'll do anything for money, you know. But <laughs> so, so I went home that night, they gave me a little book that had a list of all of their Christmas albums with some of the song titles. And I knew some of the Christmas songs. I grabbed an acoustic guitar and started started thinking what would the Beatles sound like singing some Christmas songs. Because as you know, the Beatles never did anything like that. Right. I came up with a couple right away. And then it, the ball just kind of started rolling. And I talked to the, with the other guys and we all worked together. And it was just a real twisted <laughs> thing. We ended up coming up, I think, with some great ones. I think by the time it's all said and done, well, we had to have 20 for the record company. They initially wanted 20 songs. And here I was thinking, I can't even come up with three of them. But anyways, <laughs> we we ended up with 20, and then I think we have about 22 or 24 or 25. And we have a couple more still in the can. But, uh, it was a fun process. 
Well, we might as well introduce the single off the album, and it is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and it's in a way that you've never heard it before, so you better get up on stage there, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, here they are, the Fab Four doing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Take it away, boys. All right, ready, lads? One, two, three, four. Hark, the angels sing. sounds so much like the Beatles. It's great. Well, Sarah, what'd you think of Hark by the Fab Four? That was absolutely phenomenal. I am familiar with a lot of Beatles and Monkeys cover bands, but I don't have not heard very much from them, and I'm going to run out and download and buy some stuff and find out more about these guys, because this was just incredible. And you can get Hark on thefab4.com or Amazon or iTunes. So check them out, folks. Dude, that is one of the coolest concepts I, I've ever heard. That's so cool. I, I love when you know these groups get together and they create a, a brand new idea that, that so, seems like so out of left field but seems so natural at Agreed. the same time. It's, it's just brilliant. Agreed. Wow, that was absolutely amazing. This is this is such a cool thing. And people can get this album now, right? That's right. You can get it on our website, which is uh, thefab4.com, www.thefab4.com. Could you tell us what people can expect to hear when they purchase this? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun, like you just heard. It's um, traditional Christmas songs done in a Beatles style. And what we did was we tried to... We try to make it like as if you're at the session for, I don't know, like uh, I saw her standing there mm -hmm. and the Beatles are having fun. Let's say it's in December and they just launched into a, a Christmas song instead of going into, just as a joke, launched into the Christmas song instead of the, instead of the, the Beatles song that they were recording that day. Mm -hmm. So we tried to make each Christmas song sound like a particular Beatles song. Santa Claus is Coming to Town is When I'm 64. The Christmas song, you know, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire is done to, 
the the style of here, there, and everywhere. So as if the Beatles were sitting around going, you know, what are we going to Christmas song? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. How did you develop your uh, English accent, if you will? Well, developed is a little bit of a weird way to put it, but um, you know, I've been just just like yourself. You know, I watched the Beatles mm-hmm. all my life. Watched those films every time they came on either television or bought them on, you know, every various format that you can get them on and just, you know, having fun with it. But I think it really helped when we got Gavin uh, in our group. Gavin Gavin plays George Harrison. Hello, Gavin. There he's waving at us there. Hello. It is. He's a good lad. He's a good one. He's a quiet one, so get him to shut up. (laughs) He is the quiet fab. And Gavin, you know, being from Liverpool, taught us all the sort of Liverpool-isms, the Mm -hmm. scouser and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, the black pudding and all that. But anyway, so it, that helped us, you know, tremendously. I think our accents all of a sudden got better when Gavin got in the group. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, you know, it's a fun thing. I also do various voices. I do all kinds of stuff. Now, you wouldn't uh, be able to do any monkey voices now, would you? I don't know. I don't know. Let me see, Let me see if Davey's around. Mike, Mickey, Peter. <laughs> like, all right, you guys, cool it. That was my uh, mic. <laughs> <laughs> Your Davy is amazing. It's not too bad. Do it again. Do it again. All right, Mike, Mickey, Peter. <laughs> that is so Mike, cool. Mickey, Peter. <laughs> it's 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 a little easier when I'm not doing the Beatles and the Monkeys. It's yeah, like if just the Monkeys are up on the screen. I can I can. It feels a little a, a little bit closer. I've watched a few episodes, and you can't get Davy out of me. You know. Oh, absolutely. The way it, it works. All this stuff sticks with you all your life. You know, I, when I was a child, I remember my mother had something like the Beatles Invade America album or something like that, and it was some disc jockey in New York had put it out, and it was just interviews of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. So I would play, like, you know, the Beatles 45s as a, as a very small child. I'm talking, like, three and four. And I would play that, you know, and, and the disc jockey would come on and he'd say things like, yes, the Beatles have invaded America. So I'd walk around talking like that guy, and then I'd turn around and do, like, each one of the Beatles. And we're talking like a four or five-year-old walking <laughs> around the household, you know. So then I said to him, and it, it would drive my family insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I know. I, I did the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a wonder we came out. You know, as well as we did. Or as warped as we did. Well, so would yeah. you lads like to do another track for us? Of course, this will be great. We'll let Paul count this one off. It's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. One, 
out was the Fab Four from episode 46 of Zilch, the 2015 holiday special. Please check it out and please check out their stuff. You can find them at thefab4.com. Oh, cool. I wonder who's at the door. Oh, hey, Christine. Happy holidays. Hey, Sarah. Happy holidays. How are you? Doing great. Just setting up the decorations and ornaments and hanging out and discussing all the great holiday specials we've done over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Is everybody here yet? Yep. Ken and Tim beat you over here. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, listen. Hey, first of all, hi, Ken. Merry Christmas. Christine, the button queen. So good to see you. Hey, Tim. Hi, Christine. How are you? Merry Christmas to you, too. Sarah, I've got to tell you something. Okay. So so I, I, I brought my secret Santa gift. And, I mean, surprise, it's not you. Because I've got to tell you, I got, Tim, I got Tim's name. And I found the most awesome, ugly Christmas sweater. It's got Mr. Schneider's face on it. <laughs> He's going to freak when he sees it. I hope he loves it. Well, he'll definitely be surprised. (laughs) I'm excited. Cool. Well, yeah, like I said a minute ago, we were basically just sitting around reminiscing about holiday specials past here at Zilch. And, you know, I just really got to thinking about 2016. How amazing a year that was for Zilch and for the monkeys community. I mean, it was the year of the monkeys. We had good times. We had the tour. We had everything 50th anniversary. And so much changed for the show, too. We had our first monkey on the show. John Hughes and Rhino started coming out more. And it was just this really amazing experience. Oh, yeah. 2016 was an awesome year. Um, it It was incredible to have found zilch the year before and um and then to actually get to be a part of it at the pantages show Mm -hmm. uh and and recording for that that was such a blast and i never expected that it would have turned into what it has for me um you know the the year of the monkeys turned into the year of uh, finding lifelong friends too uh, for me and yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's great you know I we got to see or I got to meet actually so many people um, uh, at that Pantasia show from around the world mm-hmm. y- you know the the um, the ladies from Japan who were there we, we <laughs> and uh, yeah 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 um, well, uh, I was, I, I met um, Sandy Cayley from mm-hmm. England there, you know, and I kind of was taking her under my wing because she was new to America. And um, so we we had, were spending the day kind of going around to the different sites and, and we were at the, um, the star. And there were the ladies from Japan, and it was like, well, that has to be the same people. And they kind of, we all kind of like recognized each other, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Like that one of those, I think I know who you might be. <laughs> so that was a blast, and you know, just having, and of course, that was that was the first 
I have to think. That was the first show that I handed out buttons at. Oh, wow. And my daughter, you know, was wearing the cape. Yeah, I remember that. Banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, meeting all these people and coming up, are you Christine, the button queen? I'm like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then getting mobbed on the street Mm -hmm. with my daughter traipsing down the street uh, with with the banner on as a cape. And uh, it was it was such a blast. That whole year was amazing. Oh, I totally know what you mean. Really, one of the things I remember most from 2016 is the buttons and how big a thing they were. And I don't think people realize just how much work and effort goes into being the button queen and getting those buttons created and shipped all over the world. And in 2016, it really was a global operation with their first shows in Down Under since, I think, 1968, if memory serves. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, listen, I, I, I know I was thinking about it, that I personally bought 5,000 buttons only in 2016. Whoa. And, yeah, uh, and shipped them all over, handed out, a, you know, so many of them myself. But uh, I, I was looking back and actually um, after the farewell tour, mm-hmm. um Zilch has hand and thank goodness for all of the button ambassadors that have helped out oh, over yeah. the years since 2016. But all in, mm-hmm. um, we produced and handed out over 10,000 buttons. That's amazing. And, yeah, <laughs> and half of those were in the year of the monkey, but uh, but not all of them. Yeah, yeah. And the buttons really became this huge ongoing thing. We created all kinds of specialty buttons and amazing projects, and they've become just such a cool part of what we do here at Zilch. And I know people love the buttons, and maybe there's another button or two in store. We'll see. But, you know, I was listening back to the 2016 holiday special, and because it was such a special year for all of Zilch Nations, I'd kind of forgotten this, but we basically spent the whole holiday special talking to various fans from around the world who had had great experiences with the monkeys over the years and 2016 in particular and the clip i pulled for this part of our holiday special this year is from my good friend from many years cindy large who now is uh, also over zilch twitter that's right yeah she and i were she and ken and i were doing the twitter page and now it's pretty much her, I think. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's mostly her doing it. And and I know for a fact that she's been wanting to meet Nez yeah. since the 90s, like all of us. We've been great friends, as I said, for many years. And she talks a lot about her experience meeting him in 2016 and how wonderful it was and her other experiences with Zilch Twitter. And then uh, we also uh, can put in after that of uh, the recording from Tapioca Tundra at uh, Pantages. And um, it's just a wonderful clip. And I'm going to go ahead and hit play on that right now. Hi, 
Hi, this is Cindy Large, and you're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, gee, Sarah, I wonder who that could be. Well, I'll see. It's Sin! Everybody, this is one of my best friends in the world, Cindy Large. The Cindy Large. Welcome to the Zilch headquarters. You've been out doing some Christmas shopping, I see. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zilch. How are you doing? Is it cold out there? Uh, yeah, it is very cold and icy. Well, as long as you uh, stayed warm and in your in your car out there, is uh, roads okay? Uh, roads aren't too bad. Okay, well, thank you for that update, Les. But <laughs> <laughs> just as long and as you... And this is your Zilch weather update. Yes, and thankfully you've, you've arrived safe, and, and we're, we're here decorating the, the lovely Zilch Clubhouse beautiful and we're recording our holiday show so you're just in time and earlier i thanked christine the button queen for being part of the show and for help running our twitter feed and you were one of the people that we tapped on the shoulder because of your coolness your ultra coolness we've made mm-hmm. you an honorary monkey man of zilch and we uh we've asked you to help her out and uh, you guys are running the zilch twitter feed yes do you, do you enjoy doing it? Yeah, I do. It's been a lot of fun, actually. Oh, there's a tweet now. Oh, look at that. It's it's from Santa. He's reminding us to be good. Too well, late. Yeah, this is a lost cause. Here. Yeah, Santa's <laughs> Santa's got all the best technology. He's up on everything. He's uh, twiz bangling and twizzer twonging and bimboozling. Twittering and, and periscoping and Facebooking. and. Uh-huh. Yeah. He does all that stuff. He's very hip. He's very hip, you know. He's very hip, he is. You know. Is he very clean, though? Oh, he's very clean. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to two. But he's very clean. Ooh, so, for those of us listeners who are on Twitter, but not following the Zilch Twitter account, why should they follow the Twitter Zilch account, at Zilchcast? Well, they should follow the Twitter at Zilchcast, because... Um, a lot of times, uh, news comes over a little more quickly over Twitter than it does over Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get all kinds of different feeds um, on Twitter that you don't necessarily see on Facebook. Right. And as soon as something's announced, or let's say we drop a show, instantly it pops right up into the Twitterverse, correct? Yes. And sometimes Mickey will post something, or Peter's people will post something, or Rhino themselves will post something, and you guys just pass that around. So it's it's very right. cool. It's very cool. We want to thank you for for being part of that. So, Cindy, I'd like to ask you a question. When did you become a Monkees fan? I became a Monkees fan when I was about 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, right before the 86th anniversary was announced. Our local TV station, um, which later became Fox, had started showing monkeys reruns. I remember watching the show. I don't remember if I actually realized that it was from the 60s or not, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed watching the show. And I remember one episode when they played Daydream Believer, I realized that that was the same song that I had loved when I was a little kid, but I mm. never knew the monkeys had sung it. So I've probably pretty much been a monkeys fan all my life. I just didn't realize that they sang that song. You know, I tell people that all the time. You're a monkeys fan, you just don't know it yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. true. So I started, true. I started watching the show, and um, I started really getting into it, and then the whole 20th anniversary happened, and then the teen magazines started featuring them in, in magazines and stuff, and it just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you mentioned the 20th anniversary. What's that? Come on. We've got the 50th anniversary. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is I look back on that because I did get to go to a concert on mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary. I was 13. It was my first concert. And oh, I wow. remember my best friend and I at the time were sitting amongst all these older fans mm-hmm. who in retrospect were probably, you know, in their 40s or 50s. And I'm looking at it now thinking... I'm about the same age as those fans were, and I thought they were old at the time. Uh. <laughs> so it really puts age in perspective. Well, you know, you were when you mentioned you were 13, you were dating yourself. But you know what I say about dating yourself? It's probably the best date you'll ever have. So, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> that's like when people say, "I I was I was beside myself." Well, I hope you you had good company. You know, yeah. you gotta like yourself, folks. And as Rip Taylor would say, these are the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, the, it is the 50th anniversary, and here we are. What was one of the highlights of the year for you, Cindy Large? The biggest highlight of the 50th anniversary was finally getting to meet Mike. Mm. Yeah, that how was, was that? Oh, God, that was something that I just... I never, ever thought it would happen. Like, I was starting to think he was some kind of a myth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I guess people kind of, you know, have forgotten after everything that happened in 2012. I mean, those of us who were fans before that, we never, ever thought Mike would ever tour or, you know, do anything with the guys. And, you know, just the fact that he came back and he, he did those tours was incredible enough. And then... You know, getting the opportunity to meet him was, I was just out of my mind. It was, it was just the best experience ever. Yes, it's, it was absolutely amazing. And, and one of the, one of the really cool things this year was the show out in California at the Pantages where yeah. he, he retired as a live monkey. Yeah. Which, you know, try to have that on your resume. There's, there's, there's not many people that can say they retired as a live monkey. But yeah. Mike Nesmith can. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but meeting meeting him was great. I mean, he was he was very sweet and very down to earth. And I introduced myself to him and I told him I had been waiting 30 years to meet him. And his eyebrows kind of raised at that a little bit. But he complimented my monkey shirt. He was just very, very sweet and down to earth. And it was a great meeting. I couldn't have asked for more. Yeah. Very cool. What are you hoping to see from the monkeys either you know, individually or as a group next year? I honestly don't expect to see much out of them as a group. I'm thinking they'll probably take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, They've earned it. Yeah, no kidding. I would love to see Mike do a book tour. Mm -hmm. uh, And I would be very interested in catching him on a book tour because I think it would be really interesting to see that side of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus, Mm -hmm. he might actually do a tour tour. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. This is and maybe I'll get to see him without the iPad blocking his face. This <laughs> <laughs> Mike also up on Sarah, Sarah knows what I mean. <laughs> yes, I know because Cindy and I, both of our first NIST show was in uh, Ferndale, Detroit, in Ferndale, Michigan, in 2013, and we were way up front. We got real lucky. We we're like in the standing room only space, right yeah. at the front. But like his iPad was blocking his. I could kind of scooch around and mostly see him, but I think you had a little bit more challenge. Yeah, he kind of he kind of looked like the Kilroy was here cartoon mm-hmm. where you could just from the nose up. Like we've we've got front row seats 
and we get to yeah. see the back of an iPad. So there you go. Exactly. Monkey yeah, magic right. right there. But Monkey yeah, magic. I mean, any, you know, any, anything that they would like, anything that they do, I would be happy with. I would love to see more She Suede Blue shows with Peter. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, because that's always an excellent show. You know, Mickey, I would like to see more solo shows. I've seen him a couple of times. Um, and he always puts on a great show. I don't think I've ever seen Mickey put on a bad show by himself. Right. So I, I think the thing to that everyone could look forward to and learn from is go see these guys while you can and whatever they're doing. And you exactly. got to understand, folks, that if it's a solo thing, this is what they're really into. This is where yeah. their heart's really at. Right. And that's a really cool thing that we've been afforded those opportunities it's like peter torque with shoe suede blues you know uh that's where his heart's at and you can tell you can tell and And i think of supporting their solo activities i mean it's really easy because they are all awesome and talented and put out wonderful stuff Mm -hmm. but i also see that as sort of a way that we can kind of say thank you to everything they've done especially with the monkeys um project for the last few years is to also support their solo things um i think it's a wonderful way that we can thank them for everything they've done and it's weird every once in a while someone will say well like how can i meet mickey or peter and I'm like, well, they played your town five times, and yeah. you didn't go see them solo. Yeah, the, the solo shows, Mickey's solo shows and Peter's She Sway Blue shows are the best way if you're looking to meet one of them. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to go. I mean, She Sway Blues, they pretty much always, um, you know, do some kind of a signing or something afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mickey does them sometimes, but, I mean, even if you just go out and wait by the door, you know, mm-hmm. You're more than you know. You're more likely to run into them that way than at a monkeys, you know, show. Yeah, at a at yeah. an actual monkey show or yeah. event. And the best way to find out about those things, if they're coming to your town, is through social media because they always push them on their Facebook and Twitter, which means Zilch will always promote them on our Facebook and Twitter. So that's a reason to follow Zilch on both Facebook and Twitter. Exactly. So when you hear Zilch tweet, it's either me, Christine, or the lovely Cindy Large, tweeting our hearts out. Tweeting away. Yes. Tweet, tweet. Or as Pink Floyd would say, tweeting away the moments that make up a doll day. I don't <laughs> wow, know. Wow, that was really deep, Ken. I don't know that if anyone gets cut. that. I don't know if anyone gets that, but if just listen to the song, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Hey, Cindy, have I uh, ever showed you my new fruitcake recipe? No, I don't think I've seen that yet, Sarah. Okay, that's really cool. Let's go in the Zilch kitchen and we'll whip up some fruitcake for everybody. And while I'm avoiding fruitcake from another fruitcake, well, we want to thank you for stopping by today, Cindy. Well, thank you for having me, Ken. It's not a Zilch party without you. Aw, thank you. I think it's time to play one of our beloved holiday classics. Here's Mike Nesmith with his Christmas version of Tapioca Tundra from the Pantages show. Yes, I know it's not really a beloved Christmas classic, but... We love it around here. It should be. Ho, ho, ho. Reason, verse, and prose, rhyme, loom. 
lose themselves in other times And waiting hopes cast silent spells That speak in clouded clues It cannot be a part of me For now it's part of you Careful plays on In freshly tattered shoes It cannot be a part of me For now it's part of you Sunshine, red time Blowing in the breeze Midnight looks right everybody remember that you can listen to the rest of the 2016 special on episode 76 knock 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 ah i bet i know who this is our last person hey doctor how you doing Uh, doing great doctor dr welch i got your book in my stocking a couple years ago i love it oh hi i'm glad you could make it happy holidays merry christmas all that Roseanne Welsh, the one, the only. She knows all about the Monkees TV show. She's got a book, you know. Absolutely. She's literally written the book on it. (laughs) Happy holidays to Ken for inviting me on the show, to Tim for being so cool, to Christine for being so cool to meet in person, and to Sarah, who is my favorite doctor outside of Jodie Whittaker. (laughs) I'll take that. Love the wreath. That'll go great over the chimney. 
Well, you know, because my kid's a Lego guy, it's a Lego wreath. Because that's all we have in my house. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I hope you wear your shoes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it reminds me of that cute kid. Remember who did the Lego monkeys thing? Oh yeah, Dylan. Dylan Wright. Uh, I mean, I I got to interview him back when he first did it, and that was so awesome. And that little video, just a, such a scene perfect. Uh, rendition of the monkeys opening and some of the great videos they had over the years. Really a great homage to the monkeys, you know, TV side of things. Exactly. It was a moment where you went, wow, I think I'm a fan, but whoa, that kid's a fan. Oh yeah, that, that, that Dylan is an amazing fan and his dad is still very involved in, in the Zilch Facebook community. And it reminds me that we probably should get to Monkeys 101 for, uh, the Christmas episode at some point. Of course, at the rate we're going, it's probably going to be, I don't know, 2027, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, I imagine still talking about the monkeys for a good long time to come. Absolutely. There's so many things to talk about for many years in the future. We've been talking about that here of what things are going to look like from 2022 and beyond. And, um, you know, I think my favorite bit of the Christmas uh, episode was um, the bit at the end with them going down the chimney and the deck, the halls and all of that. That was just that's probably my favorite bit of that episode. I think it's so perfect. I mean, it's it's back in the day. I love when they do those, the, you know, the different nostalgia channels would do. They'll do everybody's Christmas episode on Christmas and you're yeah. just going from show to show. And it's so fun to think, you know, we've been sharing Christmas episodes forever. And one of the really cool things is I remember when they did the first Hanukkah episode ever was Rugrats. Oh, yeah. So, I remember that was a big thing when that came out. It's a big deal. So yeah. just the idea that we share holidays on television like that, it's sort of what brings everybody together. Yeah, and, you know, we all think of the Monkeys Christmas special and Ryu Shiyu and all of that, but they had some other great holiday moments on TV, too. Um, MTV in 1986 with that montage of carols and then, you know, Santa Nez popping up at the end. I mean, that's, that, <laughs> that's not just a classic Monkeys moment. That's a classic MTV moment. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that was so amazing. Like, you're a second-generation fan because of that. And I came in in the 60s as an itty-bitty person. Mm -hmm. So the idea that no one believed we would ever have that moment, and there we were having that moment, is like, it was a Christmas present. Yeah, it was such a Christmas present to all of us, both the original 60s fans and the 80s fans like me. And, you know, and then in recent years with a yet another generation, I think we're up to like our third or fourth at this point. In 2018, we got this amazing, wonderful present in the form of Christmas party. And I knew you and I both got to do the round table. And I I'm still so amazed that happened. Oh, totally. I mean, again, all the major acts have had Christmas ep albums, and nobody thought about, well, they had stopped being an act officially, so why would that ever happen? And then this renewed love, this renewed fandom was like, oh, you know what, there's an audience for this, let's do it. And thankfully, <laughs> they did. Well, yeah, and uh, I remember when we had on... Um John and I think Andrew to talk about the, the Christmas party album, you know, they said one of the reasons they wanted to do it is because Christmas albums are evergreen. You don't just listen to it when it comes out. Hopefully these things get incorporated in your playlist and your rotation for Christmas after Christmas for years and decades. I mean, who knows? You know, 10 years from now, we may be talking about um, Unwrap You at Christmas like the way we talk about, you know, Mar Mariah Carey's song these days. 
Oh, see, and I was going to say the way we talk about anything Dean Martin ever did. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> when I think Christmas, I think Dean because I'm a Rat Pack girl before the monkeys. A Rat Pack girl. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I I have liked what I have seen of them. I've seen the original Ocean's Eleven, and I need to I need to de- delve more deeply into that. So, oh, um, but yeah, and and I really. I revisited Christmas Party, and we're about to play a segment from our roundtable of it, and it really, it stands up. It stands up. Four years on, it's still just a great Christmas album. I I was playing it just to kind of figure out uh, which bits I wanted to cover in the show, and all of a sudden I found myself listening to the whole dang thing. (laughs) Well, that always happens with a monkey's album. There you go. I'll just listen to You Told Me, and by the time you're done, you're at the very end going, oh, my car ride's not over yet. i got to start again. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> NPR is not the only folks who give us driveway moments. What can I say? <laughs> there you go. There, and, you know, the funny thing about having the monkeys do a Christmas album was also the show was so clearly a Southern California boys on the beach. Nobody thinks about the way Christmas is celebrated in California because that's not the traditional way. So it was so cool just to have music from those when you think of them, or at least when I think of them, of course, frozen in the TV show. They're those young kids wearing those, you know, kind of old fashioned bathing suits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean there. And, of course, my, you know, my only grumble about the Christmas Party album was that, I know it was on the special edition, but the main release didn't have Ryushiu on it. I mean, that was their Christmas carol. Exactly. Oh, and again, totally Southern Californian, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Who sang in a different language on television back in the day? That was just not done. So it was beautiful on so many levels. And it seemed because of Mickey being the lead. And, you know, hello, I'm a Mickey girl. But yes. he he deserved that lead, right? That It was from his part of the world. So it made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. And I guess it works out because... If people want to hear Ryushio, then they just have to pull out the Blu-ray and watch the series again. There you go. Exactly. Or buy, you know, the bonus album. Or buy the bonus album. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I've got, like, I I think between all of us, we have, like, 47 different copies of (laughs) Christmas Party. There's probably, like, an 8-track floating around here or HQ or something like that. Exactly, exactly. And 8-track's cool again. First albums became cool again, and now my kid's looking for 8-track, so... Yeah, uh, that and cassettes are back. Thank you, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, hey. <laughs> That's true. It's so funny. I'm like, thank God I didn't throw any of that stuff away. I mean, I still have a turntable in my original Monkeys albums, for heaven's sake. Yeah, absolutely. That was a smart move. That was a smart move. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, revisit 2018 and our roundtable for Christmas Party, the second Monkeys album that Zilch got to like review on release. That's, that's, that's true. Talk about, head. Yeah. Talk and, about and how this, special that was. It was so special, and I uh, I believe it was your first album, Roundtable. So. Yes, it was yeah. just, I was just getting my feet wet, and so happy that I did. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's send it over and let them get started. Happy holidays to one and all. The holidays are here. The holidays are here. This is Peter Torkey. This is Michael Nesmith. This is Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. And you are listening to Zilch.
on lead vocals and pretty much the band is going to stay the same so we'll just kind of read them off right now on backing vocals we've got david mead uh, on this track bass keyboards and guitar adam schlesinger drums brian young and there's a string quartet on there and lead guitar is michael eisenstein this was recorded in may 6th 9th july 19th and 29th and september 7th 2018 when I first heard this track, it kind of uh, made me worry about how good the rest of the album was going to be, because this seems like a song that should have come out about 1977, 1978. Tim, you mentioned something about some of the classic Phil Spector kind of sounds. This is in that big time, wouldn't you say? Yep, I would, I would agree entirely, and I think that's uh, specifically by design. Uh, if I mean, if I'm pro, if I'm program director at an all Christmas radio station that starts what, are, what they're doing that now, what, July 5th now yeah. going all Christmas music, you know, and, and I see the monkeys show up on my list of available songs. If it doesn't sound like what I expect to have heard out of my little monorail RCA television in 1966, I might walk past it. And I think that was uh, the this, this song was directly. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of these cuts were specifically uh, produced to sound kind of retro. But Unwrap You at Christmas, uh, yeah, it's it sounds like you could play it back-to-back with the Ronettes' Frosty the Snowman. Or the song from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yes, or the song <laughs> from Christmas Vacation. What do you think of the lyrics, Christine? Well, they're very, they're very suggestive, of course. Mickey delivers them in a style that I expected nothing less. He, uh, he certainly knows how to act a song, doesn't he? He's very uh, seductive and slinky in his delivery. And I, you know, it, it makes you buy in. Mm-hmm. Roseanne and Sarah, is there anything that jumps out to you about this song? I feel oddly that I'm going to disagree with Christine, that it's not as sexy as it could be. Um, it doesn't ring like Sugar Sugar does, and maybe a Christmas song shouldn't, but it certainly didn't stand up to Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt. Um, but that's talking about Catwoman, which is talking about a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. that Ken is involved in. But right. I, I, it wasn't as sexy as I wanted it to be. Really? So you wanted it to be sexier? Well, well I think we all wanted it to be sexier, Ken. Admit it. It's it's not on the level of sugar sugar. That's mm-hmm. for sure. There's almost nothing Ooh. that could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. 
I got to open a window right now, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Sarah? (laughs) Well, a lot of my thoughts have kind of been covered. One of the things I I did note is I think I understand why this was dropped as the the lead-off single, uh, why why we heard it first because it it even though it's Andrew Andy Partridge writing it it has sort of a, a, a sort of a she makes me laugh kind of thing sort of a fun kind of you know fun relationship with a cool girl you know party kind of vibe to it. Very true. Um, it's weird. Some of the criticism of this track is that it sounds too old, but I think they were going for that. Uh, it was deliberate. Yeah, I think it's just pretty much what Andrew Partridge envisioned So yep. when he made the demo. There we go. Christmas songs, by and large, the, the popular contemporary Christmas songs are, are deliberately produced to sound retro. That um, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You song is deliberately, that's her song, right? I forget. Yes. But, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's deliberately produced to sound like it came out of uh, out of 1965, mm-hmm. and and this is this is no different. I mean, that's that's just what you get. Mm-hmm. Well, the next track, what would Santa do? Cuomo. He returns to the writer's chair. And along with the last track, Unwrap You at Christmas and What Would Santa Do, you almost get the same vibe that these are taking the place of She Makes Me Laugh and You Bring the Summer. We've got Mickey taking lead vocal on this one. Band is the same before. This was recorded over May 6th, 8th, 9th, July 17th, and July 30th, 2018 as well. And Sarah, I want you to take the lead on this one. Absolutely. It's kind of funny because I agree with the kind of rhyming thematically with Unwrap You at Christmas and What Would Santa Do versus uh, She Makes Me Laugh and You Bring the Summer, except we flipped the authors because I think, you know, Rivers Cuomo's contribution here with What Would Santa Do actually puts me slightly in in the mind of You Bring the Summer a little bit more. But what it really puts me in mind of is a conversation that Roseanne and I, um, in sort of the time warp world of Zilch, I don't think you will have heard this conversation yet, but we got to talking about uh, David Gates' song uh, Diary that Mickey did for Remember mm. and sort of the, um, the, the Act 3 twist in that song, and you kind of get that same mm-hmm. thing going on here. 
And I thought Mickey did a great job in it. And it brought kind of that, you know, sweet, tart, almost, you know, Harry Nielsen thing to the song. Roseanne. I agree with Sarah and the idea that I think Christine mentioned earlier that Mickey can act a song. And it's the kind of, I'm not saying he's, he is Frank Sinatra, but that's what Frank Sinatra could do. He acted as well as sang. Um, and I think that's what's necessary in a story kind of a song like this. So, yeah, I think it worked. Christine, your thoughts on what would Santa do? I mean, I felt that he was having a real tug of war with himself between the the realization or the reveal that the song provides uh, and and trying to keep his cool about it all right and and trying to maintain that that be keep on that good list don't don't be naughty be nice so i thought that that was an interesting aspect of the song and not to mention the fact that it's a it's a nice take on the a twist on the what would jesus do right it's what would santa do tim I think as far as a pop song goes, this is probably the most commercially accessible cut on the album. If I were walking through a store and I heard this on the overhead, um, the hook would get me. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the only uh, to a track. I think that's the only one on here that really has the the traditional pop song making of the of the good hook. You know, I would I would be interested if I if I heard that the refrain, and I went, oh, I'd like to hear more of this. Mm hmm. So from a passive listening standpoint, I think it'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the lyrics really put me through some changes, right? Because if you just, you know, at first, like Christine mentioned, that it's kind of like a almost a takeoff on what would Jesus do? It's what would Santa do? But when you find out that Santa's knocking boots, literally Christmas uh, Santa boots, and he hears ho, ho, ho from the other room, and uh, I... I know what that means. There's there's a lot going on in here that uh, see I I'm not sure I necessarily want my Santa mixed with uh, getting into a brawl over over your girl. Santa's not very nice in this one. He should get a lump of coal in this one. Well, he's nice to her. Apparently. <laughs> Wait, What's you know the, uh, that, that's kind of inconclusive, but uh, he's attempting to be. Uh, yeah. Is a German anti-Santa Krampus? Yes, it's Krampus boots. It's not Christmas boots. (laughs) Up next, we've got track three, Melakaliki Maka. Melakaliki Maka is the thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that they send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here they know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way To say Merry Christmas to you From so far away And I won't be home on Christmas Day But I've got some friends to help me Celebrate in the land where hula maidens sway Here where life is easy going I have come 
Kalikimaka with vocalist Davy Jones. This one was written by Robert Alexander Anderson. And this is a reworking of the work that Chip Douglas and Davy did back in 1991 when the original vocal was recorded. On this one, we've got on bass, Adam Schlesinger. On drums and percussion, Brian Young. On guitar, Michael Eisenstein. On steel guitar, Mike Swerdlow. And ukulele guitar, Chip Douglas. And Davy Jones sounds like he's still with us, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I could not help but cry the first night that I heard this on Spotify, and they were tears of joy. And it took me back to earlier times and earlier Christmases, and it was nice to hear Davy Jones's voice being happy. Roseanne, your thoughts? I agree with you entirely on that. I mean, it's not a monkey's album without Davy. We all know that. So mm-hmm. he has to come in as soon as possible since he can't be part of the other more recently recorded songs. Um, and I love that it's this funny little Hawaiian song because I have a friend who lives in Hawaii. So I've been there a couple times and it's beautiful and is a whole nother way to celebrate the holidays. And his voice is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Great energy. Christine, your thoughts? The first thing that I thought when his vocals first come in is this is stunning. I mean, the the clarity, the 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 quality uh, of the recording and the and the mix is so great. And oh, he sounds so happy, doesn't he? He there's nobody that can sell a song like this mm-hmm. the way that Davy could. You can hear the smile in his voice. Sarah Clark, your thoughts. This is easily favorite posthumous contribution that Davey has made to the the Monkees catalog. This is excellent. It makes me want to go seek out some of his solo work from the 80s and 90s. I know there's a lot of things out there, most of which I have not heard. I need to go dig up that stuff. Maybe the Jones girls would be interested in in, in giving some of it similar treatment to what this has been uh, given with kind of updated arrangements and instrumentals and things like that. And I got to echo with what Christine said. Davey can sell a holiday tune like nobody's business. I really enjoyed this one, and I thought it was just a nice little bit of Hawaiian sunshine on the album. Somebody out there should take all the clips of Davey dancing from head and all of the uh, times on the TV show and make a mix of this using some of the footage from the Monkey's Holiday episode. I think that someone get busy on that. That would be great. Could be done very easily. Tim, your thoughts. What do you think of the updated music on top of it? I am not ashamed to say that I own Davy's Christmas album. And I love the uh, I love the way that Chip cleaned it up. I like the the better production on this new version. Uh, It was cheesy then. It's cheesy now. But, you know, it's a monkey's Christmas album and that's what you're going to get. Well, this song is full of cheese. I mean, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. No matter who sings it, no matter yeah. who exactly. sings it. It's just got pineapple on it, that's all. <laughs> pineapple and ham, it's a Hawaiian pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you calling Dave a ham? Yeah. Dave is the ham. Exactly. <laughs> not the first time, not even the first time on Zilch that he's been called a ham. That's right. I did not say that. We love ham. <laughs> One of my favorite singers of all time often says, I'm not the ham, I'm the whole pig. So there you go. <laughs> Didn't mean to get into a discussion of luau's, but here we are. Uh, (laughs) And our next track is House of the Broken Gingerbread. (laughs) 
be messiahs aglow in the dark. Two decks of Luna and two sets of Clue. There's double the Christmas, but Gingerbread, written by Michael Chabon with words and Adam Schlesinger with music. Uh, the vocalist is Mickey Dolans, and it's pretty much the same backing band that we've had since the beginning. This was recorded on May 8th, July 19th, and 29th, 2018. Tom DeRizzo writes about House of Broken Gingerbread. He says, what a great song. House of Broken Gingerbread is top 10 monkeys for me. The style of the last two albums are what they should have done after Head. Gingerbread is as good as Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams. It's high praise indeed. He says that it has a similar mood and feel that is typical darker monkey sound. Think love is only sleeping, etc. Tim, take lead on this one. This is a rockin' little cut. Uh, I think of the of the 15 cuts that are available uh, on on the on the Christmas party album. Uh, this is certainly the most rockin'. It's to me musically uh, the most interesting and the and the standout track. The lyrics notwithstanding, it's just a well constructed little rock and roll song. And then throw the lyrics in, and there's that beautiful little melancholy that many of us have experienced. Um, but if you took it out of the Christmas album um and and put it anywhere else it would fit in in a in a non-christmas record just because it's an interesting song mm-hmm. and uh, and i really like the way that they did it i like the cynicism in mickey's voice i like the i like the way the band approached it um i like the production a lot and i think this is I, to me this is the standout track mm-hmm. christine i would agree with that uh, it's it's sonically the most interesting on the album uh, lyrically, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> the line about um, two-hearted Christmas, half-hearted day, St. Nick and the wise men got lost on the way. I heard that, and that was a gut punch. It, I, I was ugly crying at that. I, I didn't expect that to be the reaction. And it was only one time, but man, it, it hit me. Mm-hmm. It's a great track. Roseanne. I love Christine's line about the gut punch because I'm a kid whose parents were divorced and my son has friends whose parents are divorced. And the thing that always hurt me 
was I was always taking my son to Dylan's mom's house or Dylan's dad's house, but never to Dylan's house. Mm. And the idea that sometimes he'd say, but I have a we in both houses. It wasn't like, it still wasn't a good thing. You know what I mean? And this song completely captures how I felt about that. So I think gut punch is the perfect description. And I think Mickey really carries it. He himself is not a child of divorce, but of course he's a divorced father. So you have to imagine that that's, of course, running through his head when he thinks about the music. So I think it's really powerful. I think that this is probably the first holiday or Christmas song I've ever heard about a divorced family in this sense, at least for me, you know. Sarah, your thoughts? Yeah, and I don't, in addition to, I can't think of another Christmas song about divorce. I'm sure they're out there. I'm pretty sure that this is the first monkey song that has gone down this road. I mean, it it in some senses reminds me of Shades of Grey. In fact, the, the, these two could be a very depressing, you know, A side, B side of a single because they, they, they sort of go to that same kind of melancholy place just from two different angles. And I love the lyrics on it at just so to the point and and cynical. I mean, you can just hear this teenage kid singing about this this Christmas they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Our next track, The Christmas Song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly This simple phrase To kids From one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To
Christmas Song Written by Bob Wells and the great Mel Torme, the Velvet Fog himself With surprise vocals for me by Michael Nesmith And by that I'm saying, who would have thought Mike would have picked this song, right? <laughs> With Christian Nesmith on guitar and keyboards Ian Walker on upright bass Christopher Aulis on drums Pete Finney on pedal steel guitar Cersei Link on background vocals This was recorded August 26th through the 28th, 2018 Christine carlson Wolf, your thoughts on the Christmas song? Well, I, you know, I was so happy at this point in the album After that gut punch of House of Broken Gingerbread I was glad to have a calm, soothing break from the the melancholy of the previous track. And I particularly love that Nez wanted to do this song. If any of you or the listeners have heard the Rhino podcast about this album where Mickey and Mike were interviewed by our good friend John Hughes... Mike talked about how the songs around the season are almost holy for him, very, very um, protected. And so he wasn't interested in doing new material. He really wanted to do the classic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that reverence that he has towards the, the material and towards the season is very evident here, I think. And for me, on a personal level, it reminded me very much of gathering around the piano with my family, my my parents. My dad was a professional singer with Lawrence Welk, and after he had retired from that, he and my mom would perform at church on a, like almost on a weekly basis. She was always his pianist. Music was a big deal in our house, and so sitting around the piano and singing all these classic songs, this rendition took me right back to my family living room. This is the first classic Christmas song or holiday tune that we have on the album. Roseanne, your thoughts? It's beautiful. It's beautiful to have uh, Nesmith do this at his age, at his stage in life. It's the perfect voice for what this song does. And I guess what I would add to it is the flip of something I'm going to say about Peter later on. But I wonder if sometimes we think that Mike, you know, shouldn't have wasted his time being a monkey and he might have done different things. But I think it's the being of a monkey that has allowed him to do this song at this time in his career this well. Exactly. Like it, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be harder for Steven Tyler of Aerosmith to do this, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm not saying that he can't, but or D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. You know, anything's possible, but Mike really is his own person. And some of the criticism I've heard of this album is that it's Kirshnered up, right? And there's oh. some of that is true, but some of the best monkey stuff has been a blend of rebellion and Kirshnerism, right? So there's yeah. there's a there's a balance there. But nobody is going to make Michael Nesmith sing anything he doesn't want to. Yeah. And that much is clear, folks. And you can pout and say that, oh, you think Mike's being manipulated. No. He knows what he's doing and this is something he wanted to do. Again, see the Rhino podcast for full details because they go into that. Mike addresses it himself. Sarah, your thoughts? It never ceases to amuse me that anybody thinks that Michael Nesmith would ever do anything that he doesn't actually want to do. But I digress. 
you said something earlier, Ken, about being surprised that Nez could do a song like this. I, I don't know. He's always had a little bit of a crooner thing that he gets into every once in a while. You know, don't call on me. I know what I know from Good Times is also kind of in this vein in a different sort of way. And when I heard that he was doing this song, I was really excited. And I, uh, my excitement was validated because he just takes a great holiday standard and does it in a beautiful way and um this and snowfall both left me really hoping that maybe we'll get a first national band holiday album wouldn't that be something or at least an ep yeah or at least an ep yeah just throwing a few more of his favorite christmas songs Mm -hmm. or maybe a christmas party too who knows who knows tim powers you know (laughs) uh when i when i I read about this song before I heard it and I thought, okay, it's uh, on paper. It sounds like it sounds like it might not be the best idea. And then I remembered uh, tropical campfires mm-hmm. and I remembered uh, the Cole Porter, you know, and this is a f- uh, affection for Cole Porter. And I thought, okay, you know what? I can imagine the conversation went down like this. Hey, Nez, we're going to do a Christmas album. Oh, really? What do you want me to do? I don't know. Do a Christmas song. Well, if I'm going to do a Christmas song, I'll do the Christmas song. And that was the end of the conversation. And 20 minutes later, this cut was produced. Um, I, it just, it <laughs> seems like, it seems like, you know, it, it's, it's really, um, it, it, it's, I think it's probably partly Nez's very meta sense of humor. Uh, to do this song, and I'm not saying he did a bad job at all. I'm saying it's, he did a fine job um, and and delivered the song capably and, and with the respect that I think someone should bring to something like this. But there's also a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, you know, and he's well aware mm-hmm. of who he is and what he's doing, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Very good. The next track is Christmas Party. He plays football. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is or this guy yet. This guy here is always Well, as always, this has been a wonderful holiday special here at Zilch, and I hope we've inspired you to take the opportunity to listen to some past episodes and also listen to the Monkees' holiday music, both Christmas Party and their solo offerings. You know, Sarah, it's so wonderful that we have all the the various members of the Monkees doing Christmas music, whether it was Peter Tork on that Beechwood mm-hmm. uh, album that he was on, where he did uh, Angels We Have Heard on High and the other songs. I remember Christmas in 64. Joey woke up in the dark on Christmas morning, opened up the door, saw the Lincoln Logs, just like the year before, and started to cry. And I remember Christmas in 62. And he put the blindfold on and broke that old piñata right into. The toys came tumbling down And still she felt so blue And 
I remember Christmas in 69 Wanted to get home but the boys in the band Said we don't have the time There's so much work to do We take what we can find of comfort and joy And I would make a wish Then who am I? I would take the yearning Any kind of burning hopes that never die These I would not destroy Yes, these I would satisfy And why Can't this Christmas find at least Some peace of mind, some sweet release At least for each and every girl and boy And I remember Christmas in 44 Had a brand new brother Soon we sailed together For that foreign shore The cities were in ruins And still I dream of war Yes, even today And I remember Christmas in 81 Trying to explain the war in places near and foreign to my only son Who could not understand Whose life had just begun And all I could say Is someday we'll believe we're worth Some peace of mind Some peace on earth Goodwill to all In each and Every way Some fine Christmas day Some fine Christmas day Some fine Christmas day And then Davy Jones done that stuff. He's done that fantastic duet with Annabelle Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
those things and then there's the monkey's christmas party album how cool is that it's truly amazing i mean who would have thought that we'd have all this and now as this episode wraps up i want to take a moment to say happy holidays merry christmas whatever you celebrate to everyone who is listening right now and every member of zilch nation uh i want to shout out to our friends at Rhino, John Hughes, Andrew Sandoval, all the folks who work behind the scenes, the amazing Monkeys backing band, and, and really anyone who's been associated with the Monkeys project, past, present, and future. And of course, I've got to say happy holidays and best wishes to the Monkeys themselves and their families, their friends, and their colleagues from over the years. This whole journey with Zilch, and really as a Monkees fan, has been an amazing gift. Yes. And I just want to wish everyone an amazing Christmas holiday and a wonderful, happy 2022. Well, Sarah, you know, you pretty much said it all. And uh, it is, it's just been a blessing. Zilch has been a blessing, not just to me, but to all of us on staff. And there's so many people that we'd like to send a shout out to, say hello to, well wishes for the season. 
people that were part of the roundtables. That was fantastic. And Melanie Mitchell and Jeff Hewlett as well and Craig Cohen and everybody that's been part of this. Megan Stem Wade and uh, Craig Smith, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody that's been part of this along the way. There's just so many names: Jody Ritson, uh, Peter Tork's Facebook page. Uh, you know, the real Peter Tork official. They've been so fantastic to us. The people over at Written in Our Hearts, Monkeys Live Almanac, right? Absolutely. And Cool Cherry Cream. If you want to see the coolest website about the Monkeys TV show, that's the one, man, right there. So, mm-hmm. so Mary Zilchmas to everybody out there. And no matter what you celebrate or who you celebrate with, we send you love and peace, you know. And um, we just hope that next year's better for everybody and that we can all get through and be safe and love one another it's not a bad thing you know Ringo's got it you know Ringo Ringo Starr is the ambassador of peace and love now right peace <laughs> so and love as, peace and love yeah, so, awful yeah. accent I can't do it peace and love peace and love you know that sort of thing because that's the older Ringo right absolutely you know, yeah so um, peace and love to everybody and thank you thank you to everyone over at the Zilch Facebook page too because you are some of the best people to be found on the internet. Mm-hmm. And thank you for everybody who's been patient with all the changes to the to the Facebook page because it's Facebook, right, folks? So. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, I like to say it's the worst social network out there except for all the others. So uh, thank you for your patience and thank you for just being such a wonderful community. I mean... Just think about it, Sarah. We've had some really cool dreams come through, you know, come true over the years. We've got, I mean, did you ever think that you'd talk to a dancing smoothie? No, you never <laughs> no. thought that. That Mickey would thank us, that we would have 7A, 7A. Oh, man, they love us and we love them. And uh, just just so, so blessed and grateful from our hearts to yours, from our homes to yours, from our headquarters to yours as mm-hmm. well. Zilchers, this has been a magnificent year uh, of, of Monkey's fandom. The the crew here has done a magnificent job putting out all kinds of wonderful content to keep you entertained and informed. But, man, who would have thought that 50-plus years later we'd have fresh content from the guys? So thanks to uh, Mike and Mickey and the guys at 7A for their contributions to making a very bleak year much much better and much more monkeys here's looking for uh, a better year and some togetherness next year I look forward to seeing you guys at uh, shows, conventions, various gatherings, whatever it is Um, thanks very much for listening to all of our shenanigans Uh, I appreciate it very much and I know the rest of the gang does too happy Christmas everybody here's to a better 2022 so, Zilch Nation, um, I just want to send out the warmest wishes. Um, once again, this has been a very difficult year, um, second one in a row uh, with the pandemic. And from the bottom of my heart, I my biggest wishes for you all are health, life, love, and a deep and profound peace in your hearts and your spirits. Something that we have um, been struggling with, I think, collectively. 
And um, that, that is my wish for all of you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'd also love to say happy holidays to all the folks listening to Zilch. Thanks for listening in and caring so much about this set of guys that were our friends such a long time ago. I wish monkey fans and anyone connected to the monkeys everywhere the best holiday season. So happy, happy Zilchmas, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah. I know it's already passed, but love to everyone everywhere. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. Riu riu shiu la guadarivera. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. El lobo rabioso la quiso morder, mas Dios poderoso la supo defender. Quiso le hacer que no pudiese pecar, ya no original es tu virgen no tuviera. Riu, riu, shiu, la guadarivera. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra codera. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra codera. Esta que es nacido es el gran monarca, Cristo patriarca de carne vestido. Ya nos redimido con cerrarse chiquito, aunque infinito, finito se hiciera. Riu, riu, shiu, la guada rivera. Dios cuando, Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuando, Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra cordera. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. See you in 2022.